This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, May 22nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. New details on romaine outbreak. $800 million for fixing canals. And EU eyes huge organic expansion. Congress looks to speed PPP fixes. Before we begin, here's a programming note. Due to the Memorial Day holiday, Daybreak will return on Tuesday, May 26. Clues in Romaine outbreak point to grazing. Cattle grazing next to or near Romaine lettuce fields is the most likely contributing factor associated with E. coli outbreaks last fall. That according to the Food and Drug Administration in a report that was released yesterday. The three outbreaks traced to lettuce from the Salinas Valley sickened 188 people. The agency said it could not confirm definitely the source or roots of contamination of the remained fields. However, possible roots of contamination include indirect transmission of fecal material from adjacent and nearby lands from water runoff, wind, animals, or vehicles to the romaine fields, or to the agriculture water sources used to grow the romaine. FDA also said the number of cattle we observed on nearby lands during the 2019 investigations far lower than the volume of what is considered a large concentrated animal feeding operation, offering a useful reminder that high-density animal operations are not the only factor to consider. CARB hits several barriers on path to reducing dairy emissions. The Air Resources Board is racing to meet emissions reduction deadlines set out for the dairy and livestock sectors. Senate Bill 1383, 2016, charged the state with reducing methane emissions by 40% below 2013 levels by 2030. CARB is facing the now-typical delays and all agencies are confronting due to the pandemic. Yet the dairy sector was already plagued with poor economics before COVID-19, with high production costs and low prices, that according to staff scientists in a webinar yesterday. Incentives programs have been oversubscribed and state funding is drying up. Cap and trade revenues feeding into the program were already expected to slow this year with the economic downturn and possible driving uh, people driving less during the pandemic. It is quite possible that the cap and trade revenues will be lower than assumed in the May revision that according to a report yesterday from the legislative analyst office. To make up for the shortfall, more private investment is needed. With the state matching some of those dollars, another $85 million is needed each year until 2028. The markets have also yet to develop for the value-added manure products produced by the dairy digesters and alternative management projects. Meanwhile, the health impacts on animals from feed additives, think seaweed, that promise to reduce enteric emissions or cow belches are not well understood. And those additives will not be readily available for at least another three years. Staff plan to release a deeper analysis on the progress to date later this summer. Feinstein's bill puts $800 million to fixing canals. California Senator Dianne Feinstein introduced a bill yesterday proposing $800 million for repairing critical conveyance canals in the San Joaquin Valley. 
She coordinated with Representatives Jim Costa and T.J. Cox, who have a similar measure in the House. We have to find better ways to use the water we have, said Senator Feinstein in a statement. She pointed to the urgent need to increase capacity as groundwater pumping draws down under the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. The money would be equally divided among the California Aqueduct, the Friant-Kern Canal, the Delta-Mendota Canal, and the San Joaquin River Restoration Settlement for salmon populations. Ten-year EU plan would slash farm inputs. Agriculture in Europe and the United States may be diverging even more sharply in coming years. The European Union has adopted a series of sweeping goals for slashing the use of pesticides, antibiotics, and fertilizer and converting at least 25% of EU agriculture to organic over the next decade. The 2030 goals are to cut in half the nutrient losses from farmland, the use of more hazardous pesticides, and the use of antibiotics in farm animals. Keep in mind, less than 8% of EU farmland was organic as of 2018. Why it matters? Well, the USDA this year launched an initiative to have the environmental footprint of U.S. agriculture by 2050, 20 years later than the EU targets, while increasing production by 40%. The USDA effort is focused on reducing carbon emissions and improving water quality and is guided by the concept of sustainable intensification. That broadly means producing more food without using more land and other resources, and that will require increased use of technology and precision agriculture. Purdue University economist Jason Lusk says the EU policy appears to be focused on reducing inputs rather than achieving outcomes such as lower carbon emissions, better water quality, and reducing food insecurity, the aims of the USDA initiative. He notes studies suggest organic agriculture has higher carbon emissions when measured by unit of production. It seems the politically popular actions are prioritized over those that are actually most sustainable, according to scientific outcome measurement, he said. Take note, the EU policy also calls for all rural areas to have high-speed Internet service by 2025. Kudlow, China Phase 1 deal in good shape. The Chinese are importing U.S. ag and other goods a bit slower than originally hoped for, but the Phase 1 trade pact is still being successfully implemented. That according to National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow yesterday. He said, I guess the Chinese purchases are a little behind, but I think that's more because of poor economic and market conditions, and China has every intent of implementing Phase 1, Kudlow said at a live-streamed Washington Post interview. Kudlow also addressed recent speculation that China is looking to renegotiate the trade pact, saying that's not happening. At the present time, he said, quote, there's no renegotiating at all. He said, we're looking for steady implementation and we'll be monitoring it very closely. Keep in mind, U.S. Trade Representative and USDA released a statement the same day listing recent implementation successes, such as China's agreement to lift import bans on U.S. blueberries and barley. China also opened up to almond meal pellets and cubes. 
producers are grateful, says Julie Adams, a vice president for the Almond Board of California. But it won't make up for overall losses in trade due to Chinese tariffs on the nuts. Almond shipments to China fell by 25% last year and are down 20% so far this year, she tells AgriPulse. Pressure bills to ease PPP. Lawmakers are moving toward a deal to provide some relief to small businesses, including farms, that are using the Paycheck Protection Program. Under existing rules, PPP loans are for forgivable only if 75% of the funds are used to pay workers over an eight-week period. House Democrats have agreed to consider a standalone bill that would extend that period and also ease the 75% payroll requirement. Some fruit and vegetable growers are among the employers who are seeking an extension of the wage period. Sean Gilbert, a Washington fruit grower, says the eight-week period on his PPP loan will end just as he starts harvesting cherries. The PPP time limit is very sensitive, Gilbert said on a farm credit webinar yesterday. Some 60% of his orchard expenses are labor and half of his packing expenses. USDA provides relief on farm loans. Farmers with the USDA farm loans will be eligible to skip their payment this year if they've been affected by the COVID-19 crisis. The Farm Service Agency is invoking a disaster set-aside provision normally reserved for natural disasters. The skipped payment will get tacked on to the end of an ownership loan and an operating loan can be extended for a year, said Ferd Hofner of the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition, which advocated for the FSA action. USDA praised for food box oversight pledge. The United Fresh Produce Association is applauding USDA's serious commitment to oversight of its Farmers to Families Food Box program, which has been hit with criticism for some of the awards it has given out. Responding to a letter from USDA that answered a series of questions from United Fresh about the program, President and CEO Tom Stencil said, We should all now focus on how wonderfully the program is proceeding in many cities and rural areas of the country. Produce companies and their partners are bringing fresh fruits and vegetables to those in need and making a difference in people's lives. Take note, the Agricultural Marketing Service has terminated a $40 million contract to California Avocados Direct, which was working to assemble produce boxes, ProduceBlueBook.com reported. The company didn't immediately respond to AgriPulse yesterday. Here's today's She Said It. People need to eat, and with this pandemic, it's made people realize that it is good to buy local and buy American product because that's what's going to be there to help people through. That New Mexico onion grower, Savannah Gillis-Turner, speaking on the Farm Credit webinar. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, May 22nd, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.